in church. I'm reading Isaiah 43, 1 through 7, and this is the English, English Standard Version. And I, okay, can you hear me now? <laughs> sure. But now thus saith the Lord, he who has created you, O Jacob, he, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt, Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba, in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, excuse me, people in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring you your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, who I created from my glory, when I am formed, when I formed and made. I was at an open house a few years ago, and uh, I was seeing one of the one of our kids was graduating, so I went to the open house, sitting at a table. And uh, I was just, you know, I got my plate of food, mind my own business. And this lady, the ta this young girl, a teenager, a high school kid at the open house, somebody I didn't know, just kept staring at me. So finally, I, like, I look over and I'm like, um, is everything okay? She's like, I know you. So she comes over with some of her friends. They sit down at my table. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm a preacher. I've preached at churches all across southeastern Michigan. She goes, no, 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 not from a church. And so we're sitting there, I'm like, I don't know how to help you. I don't know, I was a substitute teacher for a while. Did you ever go to Flint schools? She goes, no, no, not Flint schools. She goes, I know how I know you. I'm like, how? She's like, you set my dad on fire. And I was like, yes, I did. I did set your father on fire. It's a long story. Uh, <laughs> I was at a kid's camp 15 years ago, 10 years ago, and we did the story of the fiery furnace for all the kids. We had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And King Nebuchadnezzar set up his big old statue and told all the people, he told them all, if you don't bow down to worship the statue, I will throw you into the great fiery furnace. So we have actors doing the skits in front of the kids, and we're just amping it up every day at chapel. It's like basically it's like VBS, and every day, it's like, what's going to happen to you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? The last day, the day the, the, the three young boys go into the fire, it's a story we all know, right? The three young Hebrew children, are, or the young men, are thrown into the fire. And I had this awesome idea. I'm like, guys, in the Bible, the guards who throw them in catch fire and die. We got to light the guards on fire. <laughs> and they're like, how? I'm like, guys, guys, in college... One night, me and the fellas were letting one another on fire. We found the secret how to light yourself on fire and not get burned. They're like, no. I'm like, Dude, I'm telling you, we spent a whole night lighting each other on fire, and it was awesome. 
I'm not going to tell you we did it because I don't want any of the kids getting any ideas. Don't play with fire, kids. Okay, kids? Fire is bad. Um, the test run of the fire went really bad. I, the test run I did went so badly, I caught fire in a horrible way in the middle of a field. I was running around screaming on fire in my, like, what, if you get that fire, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do in fire? You don't run. You know why you don't run? You give that fire oxygen. That thing just to breathe it in. I was running, screaming, waving my arms so much, I lost my wedding ring in the field. And when I told my I was all burned up on my arms and my hands. And I'm like, babe, I lost the wedding ring. She's like, you're so stupid. No, no mercy, no pity. She's like, I told you to do that. You did it anyway. And she was mad. Anyways, so... We learned what not to do in that morning. So that night, we gave the guard a little bit of a... We put cardboard tubes on his arms, what we did, okay? We put, like, you know, like a, like a card, like a big paper towel tube. We put it on his arms, and we're going to light him. He's going to have about 30 seconds before the fire starts hurting him. So the, the, the goal was to go to the mouth of the furnace, throw the three young Hebrew children in, and the guy inside, which was me, I would light him on fire, and he'd come out of that hole, hold his arms up on fire, and scream, obviously, because oh, I'm on fire, and run out of the chapel. That was the plan. I'm like, this is going to go great. So he puts his arms in. I'm right there. I'm like, bam, bam, bam. get both arms. He pulls his arms out. He runs out of the chapel. I didn't realize his two kids were in the chapel. They were part All they see is their dad on fire run outside. Now, outside, we had, a, we had a bucket of sand and to throw his arms in to push, fires out. But all they, the, rest, the rest of the sketch, they missed. They missed the point of the message. They're like, is our father okay? Uh, but this story of, throw, of the three young Hebrew kids we throw in the furnace, the story we've all heard. These three young guys, these three young Hebrew boys, have taken a stand for the Lord. I'll read to you what they said to King Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, if you do not worship this image, you will immediately be cast into the midst of a fire of a blazing furnace, and what God is there can save you out of my hands. Who can save you from me? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to respond to you with an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to save us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will save us out of your hand, O king. King, our God bigger than you, he can save us. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, we're not going to serve your gods. And we will not worship the golden image you've set up. They draw the line. We are not going to bow to this statue you built. We worship one God, and we're not going to cheat on him with you. And they say, they, they say, our God can save us from your hand. And he can. Our God is able. Look what happens next. Verse 19, the Nebuchadnezzar was filled with wrath. 
and the image of his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Until this moment, he was playing good cop. Now it's time to be bad cop, right? I tried to finesse you. I tried to be nice to you. And this is how you repay me? His face turns to anger. He answered and said to heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. He's like, I need the furnace to be as hot as my anger is. You can heat that bad boy up hotter than it's ever gone before. I mean, the way it was, it would kill somebody. I want it to be hotter just to make the point of how angry I am. He, had, he said certain mighty men of valor who were in his military, he said, tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in order to cast them into the furnace of blazing fire. Then these men were tied up in their trousers, their coats, their caps, their, their clothes, and were cast into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. For this reason, because the king's word was urgent and the furnace had been heated to an extraordinary degree, this flame of the fire killed those men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire, still tied up. Listen, this is where we're going to start today. Sometimes God's people go into the fire. That's where we're starting. Sometimes God's people go into the furnace. These three young men said, our God is able to save us. And I bet you they were hoping deep down that maybe the, king would soften, the, the, the Lord God would soften the king's heart. But it didn't happen. The king got angrier. He got so angry, he, his rage at the best of them, and I this moment when he heats the oven more and more and more, and the heat of that oven kills his own men, that's a perfect picture of the rage in our hearts. Just so you know, if you're a rageaholic, if you, if you, if you lose your temper all the time, if you're someone who battles with your anger, listen, your anger will not just hurt your enemies, it will burn down your loved ones too. Just so you know. I've been in the car before, get mad at someone driving, and I start talking to them. I start uh, yelling at the other driver. And the inside of the car will change. Wife might ask, why are you so mad? I'm, oh, I'm not mad at you, I'm mad at this person. But here's the deal, the anger is pouring out it is pouring out in everyone in my vicinity, isn't it? That's what anger does. The king's wrath pours out on everyone. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're praying, God, come through and save us from the fire. Save us, O Lord. They get tied up. Where's God? He's got to be, he's gotta be coming. The king's strongest soldiers come and grab him up. They're wondering, how's God going to save us? How's God going to show up in this last hour and save us from the fire? And as they wait for God to come, guess what? They're thrown in the furnace. What must they have been thinking? They must have thought to themselves, I guess we're going to die. Deliverance has not come. We are being thrown to our 
deaths. Listen. Is God able to save us? Yes, he is. But sometimes his people go through the thing. We go through the trial. We go through the hard, awful, painful, traumatic experience. Now listen, I don't know about you. When I pull up to pain, I pray against it. If I see down the road some awful circumstance, I'm like, Lord, I don't want to drive through that storm. That's just, I don't know how you pray. I don't want to go through that. I pray and say, Lord, I'd really appreciate if you would just deliver us from this moment of time. And we think about how, how, how could he do it? How could God show up? What could God do to stop this moment of pain? But here's the fact of the matter about life. I know some people say that if you have enough faith, you can dodge any bullet. That's not true. The Bible says it rains, it rains on the just and the unjust. Even God's people go through the fire. Sometimes we beg the Lord, Lord, I don't want to go through this. And guess what? We go through it. It happens. In this room, many of us know that. We have taken hits that we beg God that we didn't know if we had the strength to take the hit. And it came anyway. God's people go into the fire sometimes. We do. We're waiting for the deliverance and it doesn't come the way we hope it would come. Instead, we walk through the fire. I love the stories. I love the stories where God shows up. I do. I love the miracles. Love them. Listen, yesterday at the pantry, I, I put my head in every window of every car that comes through. I meet every person that comes through our pantry. I just want to be a blessing. I want to meet them, speak a word of love over them. And a lot of them want to ask me the question. Well, not like a few people, like five or ten people ask me, what are you, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? And I told them all the same answer. Oh, I'm not having Thanksgiving this year. My mom's in Florida. My stepfather was in a coma. He just woke up. There's no way they're going to be home in time for Thanksgiving. There's all the rehabilitation and stuff. They're down there for a while. crazy is my stepfather's, my uncle, my step-uncle, I guess, went down to Florida and was like the coach. He's like, uh, what's the coach in Rocky? He's, he's like Mick. He went down there like Mick and was like, I didn't hear no bell and got in Mike's face and told him, you gotta walk. Listen to the doctor. He started walking, listen to the doctor doing his stuff and the doctor said, if you walk this much hallway, you can go home and do rehab in Michigan and he's thinking, walk that thing yesterday and they're getting in the car right now to come home. Like, I'm grateful when God does things. Like, I thought for sure, I'm not going to see my mom until Christmas, but we're going to have Thanksgiving this year. I didn't know that. I'm grateful when God does that. But listen, that's not the way it always goes. That's not the way it always goes. I got a good friend of mine, one of my mentors, and uh, he has three boys. 
And he always begged God for a girl. He always wanted a girl, wanted a little girl. And him and his wife get pregnant, and it's a girl. And they're pumped. And I was like, of course God gives you the girl, because God always gives you. He loves you. He takes care of you. Two weeks before that baby was supposed to be born, Mama felt something was wrong. And moms know stuff, you know? And they went to the hospital. And it was the worst case scenario. Uh, the baby was stillborn. And they held the little girl. They named the little girl. Her grave is still in Waterford. And uh, I remember we all, when, when he called and said, something's wrong, we're in the hospital, we all prayed and said, Lord, don't let this happen. Like, give her life. And it didn't play. There were hundreds of us asking God for that. Sometimes you go into the fire, you know? These three boys said, our God can save us. And they waited for salvation to come. And then they waited, they waited, they waited. And they were cast into the fire. As they fell, they must have thought, we trust them. We trust them. And the king must have thought, I won. The king with his rage must have thought, I defeated them. These three men fall in, tied up. And Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded, astounded. And he hurriedly stood up and he answered to his officials. He looks at the little window into the furnace. And he says, was it not three men we cast tied up into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said, the king, certainly, O king. Yeah, there's three guys. We threw them all in. He answered and said, look, I see four men loose and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. You expect to hear screaming from the furnace. The king's waiting to hear the sound of suffering. He's like, I'm going to win. I'm going to feel great. And the screaming doesn't come. So he looks. And there's these shadows. They were bound with ropes. And they're unbound walking around. And there's not three. There's four people in there. He, he's so confused. He, I mean, listen, we, we all count one, two, three. It's not a hard number to count to. There were three guys in there, right? Yeah, man, there's three guys, king. There's four guys in there, and the fourth dude, he says, was like a son of the gods, meaning he looked divine. There's this, listen, this week was so wonderful because part of my sermon study this week was watching VeggieTales, and man, is that a good week. I watched the classic episode, Rack Shack and Benny, and to quote Mr. Luntz, there's a fourth one in there, and he's really shiny. You know, like, there's someone in there not a man. And the King James says, the Son of God. Now, that interpretation of King James is an interpretation of it. But listen, you ask me who is in there with these three Hebrew boys. I'm telling you, Jesus is in the house. The Christ is with those three boys. And they're not screaming. They're in the midst of the fire, and they're not burning. They're not burning. 
Point number two is this. God is with us in the fire. God is with us in the fire. Sometimes we go into the fire. Sometimes it happens, but guess what? We don't go in there alone. Here's a real question. Halloween was just last week, and it snowed, didn't it? They said, you know, maybe a little flurries at nine. It stinking snowed, and it stuck till the next day, didn't it? I go to school the next day. There was snow in the trees. It was straight up winter morning, 29 degrees out that next morning. Me and my dog, dog's eating the snow. I'm like, how is it? Who here? Okay, here's the question. It's November 1st, All Saints Day, or Dia de los Muertos, if you're Mexican. And here's how many of you on that snowy winter day turned on Christmas music? Oh, okay, listen, we did too. I'm going to something like, listen, if there's snow, all I want for Christmas is you, baby. Let's go, let's go. So, listen, anyone here got a tree up yet? Oh, okay, so listen, listen, okay. Christmas is coming. And Christmas is a cool time of year. Great music, trees, snow. But listen, part of Christmas, the reason we love Christmas so much is because Jesus Christ came to be with us. They called him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus Christ came down from heaven to walk among us, which means we talk to the Lord. We do not pray to a high priest who's unsympathetic to our needs. He's gone through what we go through. You ever felt alone? Christ felt alone. You ever been afraid? Christ was afraid. You ever wrestle with God's will? Jesus wrestled with God's will. You ever need help so bad and ask your best friends, please back my play, and everyone lets you down? Jesus was let down by everybody he loved. When we go to Jesus, he, he has been where we are, which means he understands. He understands. Christmas is God with us. It's why I love this season so much. And here's a free one for you. This year for Christmas, I'm a part of a ministry called like Operation 10-9, whatever. And we've I've been able to help do some evangelist outreach with this ministry. It's been fun. But Flint City and 40 other Flint churches are coming together. And we're renting the Dort Federal Building for a massive Christmas Eve service. It's Saturday the 23rd. It's Christmas Eve Eve, okay? If there's someone that you know and love who's far from Jesus... We're going to have a special citywide service on the 23rd of December. And all we're doing is preaching the gospel of Christ. Bring your unsafe family and friends. We'll tell you more as we get closer. But we also, not only did we rent the Dort Federal Center, we called MTA. And we said we want every single bus in the city limits to be free on that day. So anyone, anyone in the city can get to the Dort Federal Center for free. And they said, sounds great. Booked, done. We're hoping this will give us a chance to truly preach Christ to hundreds who may never hear it. Christmas, Christ coming down from heaven is 
The point of it is that God is with us. Jesus Christ became one of us. In the same way, those three men did go into the fire, but they were not alone. When we go through the fire, when we go, when we go through the stuff and listen, I don't know about you, what it might do in my mind. I try to like write every possible bad scenario so I'm ready for it. I try to like have like if this happened. So that way it gives me some like semblance illusion of control. If I have every scenario mapped out, well, here's the fact. Even if you're really creative like I am, you can't see all the hits coming. You can't. If this is going to happen, they're going to surprise you. They're going to pull your legs up underneath you. You're going to go through things. My mentor, who buried his baby girl, I didn't call him for a while. I just wanted to give him space. I'm, like, I'm not family. I'm not his mama, his daddy. I'm not his brother. So I waited. And I called him like, like a week later just to give my condolences, just to say, like, I love you, just to say I'm sorry. When I called him, he didn't pretend. I mean, he, 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 we wept on the phone together. I went in the bathroom, turned the fan off so no one would hear me because I'm a big, dumb animal. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm Mexican. Um, but didn't I? I turned the fan on. Maybe they were hearing me cry. But I'm a loud crier, so it doesn't help. <laughs> Is he sick? No, no, don't worry about it. But <laughs> um, so I call him, and it's hard, but it's crazy. In the middle of the awful, my mentor still said, dude, it's the worst thing I've ever, I can't even imagine. I don't know, how, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know how we're going to make it through. He goes, but I'll tell you what. These last few days, he goes, God has been really near to us. I'm like, that's crazy. He goes, I trust him. I love him. He's with us. I don't know what's going to happen next, but he's here. God goes with us into the fire. We don't go in alone. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego are in that fire, and they're alive, and they're not alone. Christ is with them, and Christ has come to be with us. Verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near the door of the furnace of the blazing fire. He answered and said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, come out, you servants of the Most High God, and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego came out of the midst of the fire. Then the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the king's high officials gathered around. Heck yeah, you're gathering around. Like, I mean, if I see, I mean, you ever drive on the highway and it's all slow and you get to the thing, it's, 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 it's gawkers are slow? Remember, you, you ever like, just a dude b- broke down and everyone slowed down to see the thing? We're gawkers by nature. If this happens, I'm gawking, baby. Like, I'm like, what happened? What's the commotion? Ooh, like, everyone gathers to see what's going on. The king's all freaked out. Why is the king freaked out? I don't know. These guys are going to kill aren't dead. So they all come over. And saw in regard to these men, the fire had no power over their bodies of these men, nor was the hair of their head singed, nor were their trousers damaged, nor had the smell of fire even come upon them. 
They come out of there and they are untouched. Now at this moment, now my third point is simple. So sometimes God's people go into the fire. God is with his people in the fire and God is with us after the fire. Because after the explosion, after the trauma, after the hurt, we have to still be a person alive in the world. Now these three come out of the fire and the fire has left them untouched. And part of me wants to say, part of me wants to say that the pain has no power. But I can't truly say that all the way. I've met people. I have met people who were addicts for 20 years, and Jesus just literally breaks the chains of their addiction, and they never are thirsty for liquor ever again. I've heard those stories, and they're beautiful. That doesn't happen for everybody, does it? Some of us have to, some of us have to grind against our stuff. The Apostle Paul prayed three times, deliver from me this thorn in my flesh, and God's like, no. You're going to carry this the rest of your life. I had a pastor when I was a young man. He used to tell me, he quoted the scriptures and said, like, I forget those things behind, I press towards the mark. And he used that passage to tell me that my personal history had no power over my life. I should pretend it never happened and just move on with Jesus. Now, I wanted to believe that. I wanted to believe, like, I wanted to pretend like all the bad things never happened and never didn't, like, didn't touch me at all. That sounds so, like, nice. But we are not machines. We're people. I'll quote this, this line. We may be through with the past, but the past ain't through with us. What we go through leaves a mark, doesn't it? To pretend it didn't happen is going to hurt us. When I was in college, I tried to run from my pain, and as a junior in college, the wheels came off. The, the, the pain of my life caught up to me and I fell apart as a person. You can't pretend it didn't happen. You gotta face what you go through. You got to. Denial is not going to work. You understand that? Denial is going to kill you. Stuffing all those emotions down and pretending they didn't happen, it's going to eventually bubble over. So I don't want to say that going through painful, traumatic things, we escape unscathed. But I will say this. In Christ, there is truly opportunity for substantial healing from the pain we walk through. We live in a moment in our society and culture where some people define themselves by their pain. And they stay there, they live there as this eternal victim. This bad thing happened to me, and this bad thing is how I'll define myself. That's not the way either. In Christ, I can go through devastating, brutal things, and in Jesus, find 
true healing and the ability to move forward after that awful stuff. I'm not saying snap your fingers goes away. I'm saying I'll give an example. It's a lot of big ideas. I'll make it small for us. When I first met Jesus, I came from a fatherless home. Didn't have a dad. So at the church I went to, every single year on Father's Day, there'd be this big like Father's Day service, how awesome dads are. And it would just trigger me like nobody's business. Because that, that, that wound would rip open and I would, I'd, I'd leave service messed up for days. Because it wasn't, it was all, I was still full of so much anger and, and animosity. And I'd avoid it all year long. Father's Day would come. So finally, I started skipping Father's Day at church every Sunday. Every Sunday, Father's Day, I just skipped the service. And I realized that skipping is not the answer. I have to face this hurt, face this loss, face this mourning, face this pain. And I started doing it. Praying through with the Lord, talking to God about it, crying the tears, feeling the pain, and eventually I came to a place where I'm like, God, I see what you're doing. I trust you. I accept my life for what it was. It didn't make it, it wasn't like it was like it all went away, there's no pain, but I could go to a service for dads and it didn't trigger me to destruction. I could hear, I could see other people with their dads and be happy for them and not jealous. How awesome is that? Substantial healing happened over time with the Lord. Listen, in Christ, we can go through fire and after the fact, God can help us after the fact in putting our life back together again. Our pain need not define the rest of our story. Let me read the last few verses. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and saved his servants who put their trust in him, violating the king's word, and gave up their bodies so as not to serve and not to worship any God except their own. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or tongue that says anything offensive against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses reduced to rubbish heap inasmuch as there is no other God who is able to deliver in this way. Then the king caused Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to succeed in the province of Babylon. They, 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 they stood against the king and afterwards, they're promoted. God was with them, and their lives went forward with promise and hope. So three simple truths. Sometimes we go into the fire. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Christ went into the fire, yo. He went to the cross. And Jesus said so clearly, a servant is not greater than his master. If they hated me, they might hate you. Sometimes we go into the fire. But God is with his people in the fire. And God is with his people after the fire. And sometimes, crazy enough, the fire can refine. As we close our time together, we're going to take communion.
something we do as a people once in a while. As we take communion this day, as we take the bread and the cup, I encourage you to be grateful to the God who saves, the God who delivers, the God who walks with you. Taking communion looks backward and forward. We look back to the cross that Jesus died that we may live. We look back with gratitude. Jesus, thank you for dying that I may live. We also look forward. Jesus said, you, do the, you take the cup and the, and, the, and the bread until I return. We take this saying, God, please come back and make all the bad things right. So who can take communion today? You don't got to be a member of Flint City Church to take the communion. If you're here and you love Jesus, you may take. If you're here and you and Jesus aren't talking, you don't know if you believe in Jesus, get your heart right before you take. We're going to have some time of silence. You can go ahead and pray in your seat as the ushers pass. Um, if you want to take, you can take one. If you don't want to take today, you don't have to. No one's watching. I'm not going to call you this week and go, I saw you not take. What's going on? No one's going no to bother you like that. But if you want to take communion out of gratitude and love for Christ, you may. So we're going to pass it over. I say, ushers, please come forward for communion. Please take the cup. Hold on to it. Those online, you can grab some bread, grab some water, whatever you want. We're going to pass it around. Let me have one, brother. We're going to pass it around. You don't have to take one, but you can if you would like. So I'm going to leave with prayer. Actually, we'll take some time of silence. Go ahead, let it pass. In silence, receive and do your business with the Lord. We're going to go ahead. There's a thin, clear layer on top. We're going to open that little part.
and get the little bread piece out. I know it's a little tricky, but you want the clear part, not the purple part. And get the little bread part out. The scripture says, on the night Christ was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. Let us take. Now let's open the purple. Revealing the juice. Jesus said in the same manner, he took the cup and he said, this is the new covenant of my blood shed for the remission of your sins. Let us take. Let us pray. Father, thank you for sending the Son. Jesus, thank you for dying that we may live. And Holy Spirit, thank you for indwelling our hearts and giving us strength to walk in this world. We love you. We praise your name this day. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and Holy Spirit, all God's people said, Amen.